Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Hey, this is Eddie James, and I'm excited today to interview Jeffrey Meyerson with Radix Law to read a little bit about Jeffrey. He provides a unique and personal approach to business law and estate planning. Recognizing the general view on attorneys, Jeffrey takes a fresh approach to his law practice by fostering open communication and building personal and professional relationships with his clients. A native of Tucson, Arizona, Jeff graduated from the University of Arizona, as we like to say, the Harvard of the Southwest, with a BS in physiological science. After graduation, Jeff achieved his childhood dream of becoming a pro golfer. And after two years stint on many tours, Jeff turned in his clubs for leather-bound books, and the rest is history. He attended law school at the University of Arizona, James E. Rogers College of Law, where he was on law review and graduated in 2003. In his career, Jeff has represented a diverse portfolio of privately and publicly held companies in a variety of corporate matters, including mergers and acquisitions, corporate formation, and structuring. He started the Meyerson Law Firm in 2010 and added an estate planning practice that has ranged to the very basic to the very sophisticated. In 2019, Jeff joined Radix Law, providing the same corporate and estate planning services. In addition to being the best father he can be, Jeff enjoys golfing and hiking his free time. So, Jeff, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Jeff, to begin, let's go back in time a little bit. Why did you go to law school? That's a tough question for me. Honestly, I went to law school out of default. Kind of an interesting story. I played professional golf. When I got done, really my options were medical school and taking the MCAT. And it had been a couple of years since I had done any chemistry or, and I knew the work it would take to get prepared. And so I kind of looked around and law school is an option. I wish it was, I wanted to be a lawyer from childhood on, but that's not true. Honestly, I went to law school not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. But as I went through law school and did some summer internships at firms here in Phoenix, I realized that I really enjoyed doing transactional work. I liked helping people achieve their goals, protect themselves. And I knew litigation wasn't for me. So I honestly ended up law school by kind of accident, but it's the areas of law that I ended up getting into have been fantastic. They match my strengths as an individual. And they're fulfilling because I am helping and, and protecting people. That's great. And so, and I know you kind of alluded a little bit to this, but leading to my next question, why estate planning? What was it about estate planning that aligned with who you are as a person? So I started my career just doing corporate work. When I started my own firm, I felt like I needed to add another area of law. And I knew that there weren't a lot of areas that would be similar to the corporate work that I did. But estate planning was one of them that gave the same satisfaction of helping people and protecting people. 
And because I had a lot of business owner clients already, it made sense. I was already doing their business planning and protecting them on the business side. You know, a lot of these folks, when they're doing their business, are ignoring some of the same issues on their personal side. And so it was a way for me to help not only on their business, but also protect their family and whatnot. And it really easy choice. So I've been doing estate planning for 13 years and corporate for 20. So it was when I started my own firm that I really was like, okay, let's add this. This makes sense. And it'll provide the same satisfaction for me. I have to have some meaning in what I'm doing and feel like I'm contributing. I think that's a legacy my parents gave to me is leave the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And I felt like both of these areas are areas that I can do that. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, I see in your bio that recently you ended up uh, moving over to Radix Law. Can yeah. you share a little bit about what was that, that transition? What was the purpose behind that transition? Honestly, I was going through kind of a tough time in my personal life. And a lot of the administrative work that goes into running your own firm takes a lot of time away from actually doing the legal work. And I wasn't, there were a lot of great things about owning my own business and having my own law firm. That wasn't one of them. And it wasn't really providing me any satisfaction. And so I started in her doing with various firms. Radix really was the fit for me because I'm able to run my own practice mm-hmm. here while having all of the back office support. So I can really focus more on my clients now. And so it was, I didn't know that I was going to do it when I started interviewing, but when with the, the managing partner of Radix a few years ago, it's a little over four years now, it, the way that they structure their firm really fits kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. And I like that aspect of having my own firm. I just, I want to help clients. I don't really want to be worried about payroll and HR and taxes and that sort of thing. And this firm allowed me to keep control of my practice and not really have to focus on all the back office matters that you have to take care of, as you likely know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So it sounds like that by moving erratics, from what it sounds like, you're able to go ahead and, and help clients even more. Yeah, it was good for my lifestyle also. I found that I was taking work home with me seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And now I can focus on work. And then when I'm out of the office, I'm not constantly thinking about, I need to do this, I need to do that for administrative stuff. And it's really quality of life uh, has increased, which makes me happier, which makes me, in my opinion, a better attorney, a better resource for my clients. Okay. And speaking of your clients, Jeffrey, what would you say would be an ideal client for you? Probably a business owner, because I can help on both the corporate side and the estate planning side. They tend to be able to focus on one, but not necessarily the, the other. Business takes up a lot of time and a lot of times their personal side gets neglected, or if their personal side stuff's going on on that side, sometimes some of the corporate formalities that they need to keep in place just for protection on the business side fall away a little bit. And so uh, those are ideal clients, but I would say I don't need people to do both sides, right? I can, I have plenty of clients that are just corporate clients. I have plenty of clients that are just estate planning clients that are W-2 employees don't own their business, but just want to protect their families. But 
from an ideal standpoint, business owners typically are the best clients. Okay. And how do they best find you? Well, they can look me up on radixlaw.com and reach out. I don't know if you want me to give my email address and phone number on here, but reaching out, I will respond quickly. You can call the office and they'll get in touch with me. I do give once a client has contacted me, they'll have my office line, email, my cell phone. I really aim to keep those lines of communication open. But yeah, I mean, just reaching out and saying, hey, I want to schedule initial consultation. I don't charge for initial consultations. I'll sit down with clients for up to an hour, listen to what the issues are, talk them through it and see if it's something I can help with. Oftentimes at the end of that meeting, I can give them a flat fee rather than hourly. I feel like law is a lot like car mechanics. The general public doesn't really know enough to know what it's going to cost. And so hourly billing can be really scary. So where I can define the scope of what I'm doing, I'll offer flat fees as well. And client can decide. But as far as contacting me, contact Radix Law. My contact info is all on the website and I respond to emails and phone calls, usually the, you know within a couple of hours, but definitely within 24 hours. Okay, thank you. I know you mentioned during your consultations that there's that you try to assist with issues and help them with their issues. What common issues do you find that you're that you're helping your clients with or that are coming to light during that consultation? Are we talking more on the estate planning side or the corporate sure. side? The estate estate planning? Planning? You know, usually once they found me, they have a general idea that, hey, we've got, I mean, the number one issue, let me back up. The number one issue, I think, for estate planning for people with kids that are under 18 is naming guardians, right? Because you don't want to leave the court, leave it up to the court to decide who is going to be guardians for your kids. I have clients that, you know, yeah, you know, close family members make sense, but I also have clients that have said absolutely no family member can be a guardian of my child. And so it's really up to personal, you know, family dynamics on that. And then the rest is especially, again, if there are kids under 18, kids with, you know, history of substance abuse or other issues, is how are we going to distribute that money to that individual? Mm. Are we going to have someone else in charge of it? Or can they just have that money outright? And there are a lot of factors that go into that. How much money are we really talking about that the client is going to be giving to, you know, their their descendants, that kind of thing. So honestly, it kind of depends on the client, what the main issues are. But I find that typically, you know, guardianship, minor children, how are we going to make distributions? That's an issue. If there is, you know, mental illness or addiction, how are we going to handle that? Or, you know, someone that, that you're going to be distributing money to. And then, you know, also who's going to be in what roles, you know, estate planning is not just death and dying. It's also what happens if I'm incapacitated and can't make decisions for myself. So we also address that with powers of attorney. So, you know, it does differ from client, but I would say, you know, minor children is, is a big one that usually is a driver of, you know, why someone is seeing me, whether they've had kids or, or whatever. And oftentimes people call me after their parent has passed away 
and they had to, and didn't have a trust or something and they're having to deal with probate and they come in and say i absolutely don't want my family to have to go through this right so yeah yeah let's go to the other end of the spectrum estate planning what are some common misconceptions that your potential clients or people that you know have about estate planning I think one is that they think it's going to take a long time and be very complicated. That was the biggest obstacle that I saw early on when I started doing estate planning was I saw a need to make it as streamlined and smooth as possible for the client and also to get it done quickly. So that's one is that people think it's going to be more complicated than it is and that it's going to take a really long time. Typically, I need about two to two and a half hours of the client's time over the course of the engagement. And the engagement will take, will, from start to finish, we'll sign documents usually four to six weeks after client has been engaged me as their attorney. So that's one. I would say another, and this is just one generally, is people think that a basic revocable trust provides them this asset protection. That is not the case. A revocable living trust does not provide asset protection for the people setting up the revocable living trust. And so that's something oftentimes I'll you know talk to people and they're coming in saying, I have a lawsuit, I need to form a trust. And I have to inform them the type of trust won't provide that asset protection. As far as other misconceptions, I don't know that people know the time and cost it takes to go through probate. So a trust-based estate plan is more expensive than a will-based estate plan up front. In the end, it's less expensive than doing a will-based estate plan because if you do a will-based estate plan, you have to go through probate. And probate typically is going to not only cost four to $6,000 from start to finish, but it also takes eight months on average to get those assets closed, settled by the court and distributed. With a trust, usually you can start transferring assets as soon as you have a death certificate for the for the person that passed away. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that clarity. Tell us a story about estate planning going wrong. Okay, so I had a client that lived, a client's, I guess, a husband and wife that lived up in Flagstaff. And they had called me and they said, hey, you know, we need to do some estate planning. And eventually they just sort of fell off. You know, they just stopped responding to emails and whatnot. About a year later, I got a call from their daughter. They had, he was a pilot and flew a small plane and it crashed into the side of a mountain up north. And they owned a big business up there and no one had any authority to act on behalf of the business. There were clients, there were vendors looking for payments, and it just became this, you know, big disaster, basically, of trying to figure out how to keep the business running when there wasn't anyone that had authority to run the business, how to distribute assets quickly so that things could be handled properly. But having to go through the probate process as well. And so, you know, that's one, fortunately, ended in tragedy for the family. And I certainly could have helped and it would have been, you know, much smoother. But yeah, I mean, that was a bad situation involving 
estate planning. Most of the other ones kind of go to guardianship and whatnot, you know, people fighting over custody of kids after parents have passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of stories about that. And just, you know, generally, you know, getting involved in litigation in probate because there's no trust really, or there's no will at all. And it, it becomes a fight over, you know, who's entitled to what. Occasionally I'll get stuff where, you know, someone will change their estate planning right before they pass away. And then there becomes a question of whether or not that person had capacity or if there was a family member that was influencing them or whatnot. So where I have a sick client, I will usually be very cautious about changing anything unless I absolutely feel like they understand what they're signing. Right. So those are some of the main issues. No, thank you. Thank you. And then let's go ahead, Jeffrey. What about a a time of when everything went right? Gosh, I mean, every other one. (laughs) Uh, You know, I like to think when the clients come in to see me and we get their wishes down on paper, that it goes the way that it's supposed to go. And I've never had any, fortunately, never had any litigation on any just basic trust planning that I've done. So I'm assuming that it went well, because I, I didn't hear from anyone. And I you know, wasn't called in as a witness in a lawsuit. So, uh, but, you know, there are certain things, high net worth individuals that are above the exemption amount. I like to think that being able to save them, you know, millions in taxes by doing some advanced planning, those sorts of clients, although, you know, much fewer than the run of the mill estate planning clients that are, you know, don't have, say, you know, $30 million dollars. But you know, those go right because we get to help them avoid taxes and pass more generational wealth on to their family. Okay. Thank you. The next question, biggest challenge in estate planning? Biggest challenge in estate planning? That's a really good question. I've been doing it long enough where I, I don't really see things as challenges. I, I see them as things you know we may need to solve. I would say sometimes when you have two individuals that are married, that are both bringing kids from previous relationships, or where one of the spouses, you know, they later marriage again, and multiple kids from previous relationships, and one client's bringing most of the assets to the table, that can be a challenge to kind of work through with them. Okay, how are we going to do this? And it can be, you know, it can be a little bit difficult for the clients. Guardianship can be interesting, you know, because both spouses may have their opinions on who should take the kids. So sometimes I'll have clients suspend doing their estate plan while they work that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's different challenges, but I, I don't know that I look at them as challenges. I Solving problems kind of part that I enjoy. So you know, I take in the information, I process it, and then I will bring it back out in different ways to try to get the clients to think maybe differently than they are about something. If I think that their thinking is faulty or illogical in some fashion, I'll softly try to nudge them into thinking about it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes they think about the situation as if they're still alive rather than realizing 
all of this that we're talking about requires you to be gone. Right. And, and one good example of that is distributing assets to kids, right? I'll have clients that'll be like, well, my kids are 12 and 13. They're responsible. So if we pass away, once they're 18, they can have the money. And I'm and I have to remind them that they're now 12 and 13 year old in the next six years, based on the hypothetical that that we're talking about, will lose both of their parents. And what impact will that have on the kids? You don't know. And therefore, you know, I'll try to steer them to push that to a later date because they're not quite thinking about it properly. And, and there are other aspects where people sort of aren't thinking about it in the way they need to for purposes of planning for your family. That's great. Those are great questions. Yeah. When it comes to estate planning, I know you've alluded to this a little bit in the past, but I want to kind of circle back on this again. Mm -hmm. What do you like best about serving clients in estate planning? It's really protecting, you know, being, listening to them, working with them to protect their family. I mean, that to me is, and same on the business side for me, making sure that they're protected and it brings a lot of satisfaction to me. It's really my why. I, I mean, it could be an, I could be something else in this world other than an attorney. And I think helping people and assisting with them, protecting them is something that I would want in any job that I'm in. And fortunately, I enjoy what I do. And it brings that aspect. And those probably are interrelated. Probably enjoy what I do because I get to help and protect people, but chicken or the egg, I guess. But no, I just, that's it. I mean, it's really very, very simple. I like working with people. I like listening to them and then converting what they want into documents. And I'm, I'm a nerd that way, I guess. I read, write and edit all day long. And whenever I say that to somebody, people are like, wow, that sounds boring. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess to me, creating the document really problem solving and thinking about issues that need to be addressed that the client really hasn't talked about, but that, you know, just from my experience drafting similar contracts or similar situations, to me, for whatever reason, that's fun. I, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just a nerd through and through. I, it's just what it is. <laughs> great. No, thank you. That's great. And then Jeffrey, is there anything else that you would like to share with us before we bring this to a close? You know, I personally, I want, I don't necessarily become friends with all of my clients, but I do have personal relationships with my clients. I do try to encourage communication a lot through the flat fee because that covers all drafting, phone calls, meetings, reviews, revisions. And so I want to make sure that those phone lines stay open so that we can make sure that anything that you're thinking about gets addressed, any questions that you might have get answered. I don't want anyone leaving my office or at the end of the engagement or the end of the work feeling like didn't this wasn't what I was looking for. And so keeping those lines of communication open are really important. But I'm the first lawyer in my family, so I don't really know how to... I kind of beat to my own drum and how I deal with clients, how I operate my practice and think it attracts the clients that I want. And if there are clients that don't, aren't that fit and want somebody that's wearing a suit and tie every day, then that's fine. There are plenty of attorneys out there. But yeah, I just like 
assisting people, helping people, protecting people. And you know, our rates are middle of the road, but I think the value we offer is top notch. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. Uh, this has been Eddie James with uh, Legacy Stories Podcast. I've been here with Jeffrey Meyerson with Radix Law. And thanks again. We look forward to you listening and we'll see you again next time. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.